Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Linner, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Amy Getz. Amy Getz believes wealth and financial freedom are for everyone and is especially passionate about helping women know their worth. She is a financial advisor with IRC Wealth, a boutique investment firm in Atlanta, Georgia. She is also a CPA and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Amy believes money in the hands of women brings powerful change. All too often, entrepreneurs reinvest their profits back into their business or even their personal development and delay investing in their future financial freedom. Amy is on a mission to educate women entrepreneurs about their finances and empower them to set big goals for their financial future while saving on taxes and investing in their personal retirement. When she's not working, Amy loves to travel with her family, connect with friends, or read a good book. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So just so people can get to know you, um, tell us a little bit about you, how you started out and how you got to be doing this, uh, helping women, especially being a certified divorce financial analyst. (laughs) I want to learn about that. Yes. So Amy Getz, I work for IRC Wealth. Um, Originally, I was a CPA with a big accounting firm after college and then went with some clients. And then I actually stayed home. I had three kids in four years. So I stayed home (laughs) for over a decade to sort of raise them. And then I was handed, I feel like this beautiful gift on a silver platter of my current job. So I've been a client of IRC Wealth for over a decade and we would meet frequently with our advisor. And he knew that I was a retired, if you will, accountant. And at, um, he called me, I'll never forget. I was cleaning my pantry and was like, listen, I need you to do some accounting. Would you be interested? It's all remote. And so I thought my kids were getting older because I was the volunteer mom, the PTSA president, all the things. And I said, you know what, let me try it. Super enjoyed it. I guess I did a good job because within a few months, he said, listen, you can do what I do. And it hadn't really occurred to me about being a financial advisor because I was always more of a traditional accountant, but I thought, why not? Let's give it a shot. And I have absolutely loved it ever since. It absolutely aligns with who I am, um, what I believe, how I live my life. And so I... I'm still a CPA, but then the certified divorce financial analyst is a newer designation. And it's actually attributed to a woman that came into our office. And I've told her this story and she was going through a divorce and she was in her late fifties and she was just sad. She just felt defeated. She wasn't um, the person responsible for their family money. And we worked with her and helped her know that her financial future was going to be secure. We helped her figure out how she was going to come out of the divorce financially. And literally you could just see her whole countenance change and how she really felt the relief and felt like someone saw her. And so from there, I thought this feels really energetically good to me and lifting women up, I think brings powerful change. And Mm -hmm. so often, as we all know, typically not to, I mean, you know, it it is sometimes women are in charge, but oftentimes the men in the uh, relationships are in charge of the finances. And I see people come into my practice, especially women, and they are struggling. They just don't know. And so it's important for me to make sure that women are educated about their money. Um, Because again, I truly believe women in the hands of money changes women with money in their hands, change the world. They just energetically are, they give, 
they want to lift everyone up around them and it's an important goal for me. Uh -huh. Well, beautiful. So how was it going from, you were corporate, right? You went corporate and then, and then the baby years and then back out. So how was that transitioning when you were corporate and all of a sudden here you are with three, three kids, three, three kids, kids under four when I, when I stopped working. Yes. <laughs> it was difficult, but what for me, I, I never thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. And I don't think my friends actually were the, the thought I would either, but I felt I wasn't doing either job. Well, I felt like I wasn't doing the best I could at my corporate job. And, and I put a lot of value in that. And then consequently, I didn't feel like I was doing a great job at home trying to manage it all. And so at some point I had to make a choice. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful gift to be able to stay home and raise my kids. I was a girl scout leader for 10 years. I was a boy scout leader, treasurer of everything. Um, but then, you know, also room mom for all three kids, all the years, mm -hmm. but my kids were growing up and they didn't need me. And so I was seeking something, but I didn't want to go back into the traditional corporate accounting world. It's very tied to month in quarter end year end. And I didn't want my life to sort of be structured like that. I wanted a little more freedom. And so being in the financial advisor role is, you know, a, powerful to be able to work with people and elevate them with their money. But then also it's a little more flexible with my schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. And you're definitely a people person. <laughs> I know not all accountants are people, you know, they like people, but they're not people, people, <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? They, they don't thrive on, 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 on all that. They thrive on the numbers, but yes, I'm on the know, you, you're such a you know, extrovert scale. I'm on the extra, you know, all my tests are like on the extreme extrovert scale. So it really is the perfect job, right? When you get to meet and be around people and educate them about their money. But then, you know, also I am a total numbers nerd. Like I can get excited about some data and number crunching. So it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know um, some women may think that, uh, oh, you know, I'll never be financially free. You know, they just, don't feel like they either know enough about their money or they just don't know how to get there. Is there a way for everyone to get there? I think there is a way. I think people would love the secret sauce, the magic pill. And ultimately what I think that is, is your mindset. I think people have to let go of their limiting beliefs around money. I think they have to let go of their past relationship with money. And I tell people every day is a new day to start a relationship with money. No one drives in the rear view mirror. What you need to do is decide. And, 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 and I see it happen. At some point, people are like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Mm -hmm. And then they make a choice and they have to energetically mindset align that this is what they want to do. And the best way to get there is to start. And so I like to encourage people to save a little bit, even when you don't feel like you have enough. I know you want to, you know, pay the rent or, you know, you need your cash savings and you're trying, but if you just get into the mindset of, even if it's $20 a paycheck, starting to prioritize yourself, starting to prioritize your future, that shifts your mindset in a baby step way. And then from there, I think it's also about realizing there's no pie in the sky because I have more doesn't mean you have less and really changing that mindset around money, that there is enough. It's not, 
it's having an abundance mindset and not a scarcity mindset. And I know that sounds a little esoteric, but it is absolutely true. Time and time and time again, it's the mindset around, around money that is the differentiator in how people have it and why they don't. Yeah. In your experience, have you seen um, people maybe at different levels, maybe you've worked with people who are in a, the over a million dollar mark, and then there's people who are in the, you know, below 50,000 mark, but if they have the same mindset set, are they getting the same result with just at different levels? I think, I think absolutely. You can have the same result. You can have the same mindset, but you know, someone with a million dollars is going to make different choices than someone with 50,000. But again, it's what is an energetic match for you. And so it multiplies over time. But again, I think it's about not just staying focused on what it is that you don't have or where you are now, but really looking towards your future. And I know this sounds crazy, but nowadays there's so much room for entrepreneurs. There's so much room for things in an online space. And I think people have to get a little creative and there's a lot of different ways to make money. But a lot of times what I see is when people make more money, they spend more money. And so instead of making more money and saving the difference, people up their lifestyles. And that's whether you're making 50,000 or a million, that's really a universal human trait. So it's starting to train your brain to be more satisfied with where you are. And always people need to treat themselves, but whenever you make more, you need to save more as well, in addition to raising your lifestyle. And I think that is sometimes what gets lost in translation is, and I think too, sometimes you have to put your blinders on. You have to stop looking around at what everyone else has or your perception of what they have because you don't actually know their finances. You don't know what their credit status is or if they look different than what really is inside. And I can tell you from seeing very wealthy people, wealth doesn't bring happiness. Happiness is who you are inherently. And with that being said, wealth isn't evil. You know, if you're a good person now, you're going to be a good person, whether you have 50,000, 100,000 or a million, it's who you are and it doesn't change because you get money. Right. So mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot of limiting beliefs that people have to sort of look at and acknowledge that it's really not the truth. If you break it down. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So what should women know about money besides saving? Because I've heard pay yourself first. But besides that saving piece, what are some critical things that we should know? Um, well, I'm going to start off a little more simple, which is money's a team sport. So if you have a partner and you're not just by yourself, then it's something that needs to be discussed together. Um, it's not a one person job. Both people need to be actively involved in the numbers. Even if one's writing or paying the bills, you both need to know what's happen happening. And the other thing I feel like is personal finance is self-care. Um, I think it's as important as taking care of your body because there is that stress loop in your brain that is always in the back if you are worried about your money, if you're worried about finances. And when you don't know your numbers, when you're avoiding them, it is constantly still in the back of there causing just that little bit of stress on the daily. So I think 
we need to make positive associations with personal finance and you need to make it fun. You need to stack it with something else that's gonna be a pleasurable event for you. So whether that's putting on some music and a glass of wine and saying once a month, I'm gonna just dive in. And it doesn't have to be difficult. You don't need a software program. You don't need to learn Excel. You can get a good old fashioned pen and paper, mm-hmm. but really it's about what is it that I earn? What is it that I spend? And the difference we hope is positive. If it's negative, then you need to take a look at your spending or find a way to earn more. Because if you're running a significant amount of credit card debt that you can't pay off within one to three months, then you're simply overspending or you're under earning, right? I like to encourage people to think about making more, not Mm -hmm. always going on a strict spending budget. Um, Strict diets don't always work. You need to treat Mm -hmm. yourself, but you certainly, you know, can't not enjoy your life. And for women, I think... um, I think, again, it's knowing that it's self-care, that it relieves stress to know the numbers. It's putting a plan in place. It's speak, you know, whether it's speaking to a financial advisor or your accountant, but really looking at what steps do you need to take to move forward, to get where you want to be. And I think people forget that there are folks like myself that want to help you with your money. If your car breaks down, you call a mechanic. If your health isn't great, you go to the doctor. Well, if you're not sure about your financial situation, then you speak to someone in finance and they can help you. So I think it's also being able to reach out and ask for help and want to understand and recognize that it is an important, you need to know your worth. And that's literally and figuratively. And I think when you don't value, those numbers, it's like you're almost devaluing yourself and people need to put a priority on knowing that. And then I think once you have that data, you can make changes accordingly. Mm-hmm. And what is your advice for people just starting out? Let's say um, students, kids getting out of school, like 18, 19, 20, 21, they're in that time when they're either learning a trade or they're going to school and they're really not making a lot of money. Maybe they're making enough to pay for their car or whatever. Mm -hmm. What is your best advice for them just to start small? Well, I also would like to make sure that people understand the biggest asset that you have is time. And so I don't have the numbers in front of me. You know, it's a Google thing, but if you save the same amount from 25 to 35 and you stop at 65, you'll have a certain amount of money. If you save that same amount of money starting at 35 and stopping at 65, you will have more from the 10 years when you were younger because of compounding interest. Mm -hmm. So if it's possible, I encourage all young people, anyone really to save in their 401k, start small. It comes right out of your paycheck. It's pre-tax. It, um, it never hits your bank account, so you aren't likely to spend it. And if it's uncomfortable, start small, start with 1%. And when that gets comfortable, because it always does, we always will align to what we're making, then up it by half a percent or a per- percent. But I think for young, young people, people tend to say, oh, I'll do that later. I'll worry about that later. But then life moves on. And then you're in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and later becomes a much shorter time frame. So start young and make your savings automatic. At any age, that's probably the best tip to creating wealth is when you pay yourself directly out of your paycheck so that it doesn't 
quote, hit your checkbook, because it's much easier for it to automatically be set up every paycheck to transfer to an investment account or a savings account than for you to say, well, let me see what's left. Because we, there's, there tend, that tends to just not work out for people. So automating that savings and mm-hmm. starting at a young age is my best advice for creating wealth. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. to diminish the fact that starting small is okay. You have to start somewhere. And so just start is what I say. Right. And a 401k, is that always through an employer or would they, could they set up something like that with you? Let's say they're starting their own business or, you know, they don't have a big company they're working for. Yes. So if you work for a company, you're a W-2 employee at a corporation. Most of them are offering um, 401ks. Always, always, always. I recommend my clients invest there. If you're a solo entrepreneur or someone that earns a 1099, you can set up an individual 401k. It is not just for corporations. And if you're a small business owner, you can also set up a small business 401k for your employees. I mean, I have them with as few as four employees. Mm -hmm. And so there are options for entrepreneurs to do a great job of saving in a retirement. And so how that works is it is based on your corporate structure. So you would work with a CPA, but essentially if you're an LLC, which most people who own a business should be because of the, um, it helps spread your risk. Then you elect as an S corporation and you pay yourself a reasonable salary. And from that salary, you can save into an individual 401k plan pre-tax. And the beauty of that is that you're having tax savings that you're actually using to partially fund your personal retirement. So what you would have been paying out in taxes, you can now divert to your retirement and add to it. And then for my higher earners, for people that get, um, you know, start to do six figures or more a month, you can have a profit sharing. You can even have a personal pension plan all as an entrepreneur, not working for a corporation. So there's a lot of options. And I find that most entrepreneurs, 1099s, um, small business owners just don't realize that they're available to them. Um, So it's really just getting that message out and educating people of available plans for them and not just investing in your company, not just investing in your personal development, but actually investing in your personal retirement. Yes. So we have something when we get there. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I like to say you're saving for retirement, which is the longest vacation of your life. So you want to make it good, right? That's right. You definitely, definitely want to make it good. Yes. So um, I had a question and it went out of my mind. So (laughs) let me go back to it. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, Do you, um, well, let me ask a different question. I don't know how I'm getting lost here. That's okay. Um, So if you are an entrepreneur and you want to, is there a way that you can use some of your savings or to, for working capital while you're actually building a business? I mean, you certainly can. I don't love it when people take, for instance, if they have their corporate 401k and they cash it out to start their businesses. I know people do that. Um, it's not ideal because you do pay the penalty on that. So it's better if you are using after-tax savings to fund um, the startup costs for your business. It is possible, but you do pay if you're less than 59 and a half, you will pay a 10% penalty on any retirement funds that you have saved in a 401k. So 
ideally you would have some savings outside of that that you'd be using for your business or a cash you know that you've set aside knowing what you're gonna that you're gonna use that to become an entrepreneur and and, and set something up okay I remembered yeah. the question now oh, do you right. do you deal with annuities and what are what are your thoughts on annuities for retirement so I do not, IRC Wealth does not sell any insurance products. We don't sell annuities, whole life, universal life, variable life, any of those products. We also don't sell any proprietary funds. It is my personal opinion, and I know other people have a different opinion, but I feel like those products tend to be fear-based. They tend to be expensive. And in my opinion, you would be better off saving that same amount and investing it in the market directly yourself. It's like you're cutting out um, the marketing, the admin, the other fees associated with that. So I don't think they, I, I personally don't find insurance to be a great investment. I will say an exception to that is if you're someone who's comfortable with payments, if you're the person that makes the minimum payment on your credit card and you always have a car payment and you always have a mortgage payment and you will pay that payment for an annuity or whatever. And, th and that's the only way that you're going to make it happen, then maybe that is the right vehicle for you. But I would encourage people to pay themselves directly to a brokerage account instead of putting it into um, the insurance products. And those those are sold because there's a pretty big commission that comes from those. When someone puts you into one of those products, that person receives a pretty decent commission. And that's why there tends to be a lockdown period where you can't get yourself out of it without a penalty. And so that's just a personal, you know, and I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I don't find them to be great investments. <laughs> Got it. Well, that's why yeah. I asked you. Yes. I was wondering about that. Yes. So what kind of things do you actually work with people on as far as investing? So what we are, we are financial planners and advisors. So just how the process works with IRC Wealth is we have a three meeting proprietary process that we've developed. And so that's our financial planning process. In that first meeting, we ask folks to provide a basic budgets. Uh, we ask them for their income, their expenses on a monthly basis, their debt balances, any investment balances they have and their social security statements. And from that meeting, we spend a lot of time talking about their emotional satisfaction with their life, where they are now. And if, you know, most of the time the answer is I'm, a, I'm about a six or a seven, I'd like to work less, I'd, I'd like a second home, you know, I'd like to travel more. And so we take their budget, adjust it for um, having debt paid off, having the kids out of the house, you know, when they're grown. And then we try and add back in the things that are going to get you to an emotional satisfaction of between a nine and a 10. So we use those numbers to come up with a number that you need to be financially free. I don't like to call it a retirement date because nowadays not everybody wants to retire. They just want to know that they can. Right. And so from there, we also determine a timeline to get you to that point. So you might be financially free with a certain amount that will match the lifestyle that you want to live. And so we'll give you that date and that amount. 
And then in the second meeting, we go through the best ways to save. We explain what it means to be an owner and a lender, you know, bonds versus stocks. And we also talk about highest and best use of your time. Like we always say, how can you make 20% more work in, you know, 20% less? So kind of working through scenarios. And then that third meeting is pretty tactical, which I really like. Again, we don't sell insurance, but we look at all of your insurance policies to see if you're over or underinsured, auto, home, umbrella, life. We work through a debt payoff strategy. We discuss estate planning and a cash safety net. So that's the three planning process meetings and how we work them. We're an asset under management company. So how we get paid is we manage assets. And so ideally folks would come to us and a great time is when they're in transitions, when you've left a job and you wanna transfer your 401k somewhere else. It's usually a good idea to take your 401k with you and put it under your own control. If you've gone through a divorce and you have a settlement, you know, from the other party, if you've sold a home, if there's been a death in your family, when there's times when people have, you know, sums of money that they are need help with. But so that's how we are paid is we are paid by assets under management. So ideally, um, folks would come to us. I sort of say like, I'm the end of the line. I'm where I've made some money. Now what? And so that's where we help you. And so we have an in-house investment team. It's actually led by an amazing woman. And so we um, have our custodian where the money's held. And then we do the investing. And then our planning process we will then have people update twice a year. We'll have them come in sometime in the spring, sometime in the fall and redo their plan because your plan needs to be updated. You need a check-in. And then whenever you need help, we're there to answer questions, whether you want to refinance your house or leave your job and just have other questions. So that's how IRC Wealth does their, um, how they work with their clients. Beautiful. So um, when people come in, do they, do you base where they're put, where you're putting their money on how risk adverse they are, or how do you choose where their money's going to go? Absolutely. It's based on their risk tolerance. And we glean that from our planning process and just various questions that we ask them. And we have certain models that are set up. So if you're getting closer to retirement, then you're going to want to be in a model that is going to be more income producing, a little less risky. If you're in your early twenties, then you can be a little more aggressive with your growth. There are some people that energetically just align well when their money matches what's happening in the stock market. So we have a model for them. So we have a variety of different ways that we manage people's monies and it's based on conversations with them and where we feel like they are with their energetic, uh, sort of their opinion of money and their risk averse and tolerance. Yeah, it's a good question. Wow, yeah, well, there's just so much to that. And so now you specialize in certified divorce financial analysis. <laughs> so tell me what's unique about that and what you, how you're helping these people. So what's unique about that is that people, we work well with divorce attorneys, amicable divorces and such. But basically we're a neutral party that's hired to come in and, and determine um, whether the assets are, are split equitably. Now I don't say 50-50, it's equitable. And so we make sure that all the assets are accounted for. We make sure that if there's a sale of a house, that's not necessarily equivalent to um, a fully funded retirement account, right? Because one's pre-tax, one's post-tax. So you really need to look at the big financial picture and to help determine the most equitable 
distribution of assets based on, you know, what is available in the marriage. So we are not the financial advisors in that particular case. We're neutral. We are hired by one party or the other. And then once the divorce is settled, if they would choose for us to manage their assets, that is a, a, then a different relationship. So as a certified divorce financial analyst, it's really valuing the financial assets of a marriage and helping the split to be reasonable and equitable. Wow. So yeah. where do most of your clients come from? Are they, um, I know you have the ones where you're working with the divorce attorneys, but how do people know they need to come see you? So I think it's a referral basis for sure with clients that we currently have. We are, we don't do a ton of advertising, which is lovely because we do get referrals. It's always through networking um, and connecting with people and really just sitting down and having conversations and explaining how it works. I am not, um, I'm not a hard sell. I feel like I just tell you about my life, tell you about what I do because I, have been a client for 10 years. I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk. And so people know that about me. And so it's really just connecting with people, just sharing the message. And it's amazing how many people don't actually know that it's available to them. And then once they get just that little bit of knowledge and that there's someone out there who wants to help, it's amazing um, how great it is for, for people to come through our process. And we have a huge, we have a very high retention rate. I don't have the exact number, but our clients tend to stay with us because our core values are planning, education, and simplicity. Like we're trying to teach people about their money because when you know more, you make, you make better decisions. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just really spreading the word and connecting with people and being um, on podcast and, and other groups and being able to share the message of what's available. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really good to know because I don't think before I met you, I really knew about that that was available. Yeah. So that is great. And um, do you, you said you educate people. Are you just educating them one-on-one -on -one when they come in or do you ever have like um, uh, talks or trainings or anything for groups of people? So occasionally we have had different sort of groups where we've gone in and spoke. We um, are happy to go in and talk to companies about their retirement plans and educate their employees. One of the beautiful things about when we um, help a small business set up a 401k, we literally will go on site. We can do it via Zoom nowadays, but we would go on site, mm -hmm. educate the employees about why it's important to save in a 401k. We would sit down and help them sign up if they needed it. Um, and so there, we also do videos on our social media, IRC Wealth on LinkedIn, just a little sound bites trying to educate people. So it's always, and, but it's a lot of it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's just in our meetings. And really it's very personal depending on what you have, what you want, where you're going. We explain to people about their money and the best way for it to work for them. Beautiful. Just yes. um, changing directions here for a moment yes. to something personal. Yeah. So what do you believe gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life right now? It's going to seem like a little bit of a traditional answer, but I'm the mom of three teenagers. I have a 15 year old, a 17 year old and a 19 year old. And so they're all close to flying the nest. And so what really brings me the most joy right now is just being with them and just enjoying, because I, you know, being a stay at home mom for all those years 
And now I'm seeing like my oldest is off at college. And so it's really just spending time with my family. But then secondly, I think 2020 for me, I know a lot of people have a negative connotation with it, but I feel like it's been like the most beautiful, great awakening. I think there's been a a great opportunity to become quiet and to really look within. And for me, I've done some personal development, you know, taken some online courses and really just learn more about myself and um, how I can best serve people and share my message. And so I think it's obviously being with my kids and watching them grow and, and blossom into young adults and being independent, but it's also another time for me to sort of switch back to learning a little bit more about myself and really just enjoying this time and, and recognizing the beautiful gift of the quiet down of 2020, because we're always moving so fast and so busy that we didn't, at least for me personally, I didn't often take the time to reflect on the value of life and all the beauty that we have. And so that has been a lovely thing. I think that's come out of 2020 for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and why is it really important to be true to yourself and just be yourself no matter who's watching? (laughs) I mean, for me, I think at least I, I can speak from my experience, but And I'll, I'll even relate it to what I do. Like when I first became a financial advisor in my head, I thought I had to sort of walk and talk like, and and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I, but I'm not, I'm not a suit wearing, you know, middle-aged male. That's not energetically. Like I needed to recognize, and I think 2020 almost allowed me to do that, that I am have a feminine energy and I relate to women and, and, and tapping into those emotions and being able to feel what people are feeling and understand. And so for me, I think that is important and why it was. And it was when I made that realization, when I sort of turned to say, I can wear cheetah and mm-hmm. I can be loud and silly and fun. That's when I started to really notice that people were more drawn to me in what I did and it elevated my business in that sense. And I think when you are living in your truth and in your purpose and in alignment, then you are radiating that outwardly to people. And I think it's living in gratitude and that, you know, is also a way to just attract more people around you that are at a higher level. And so I think that is why you have to live in the light and in that purpose of being who you are in order to, I think, really, to really succeed in what it is that you want in life, whether that's, and that's financially or emotionally or, you know, whatever. I think you just have to acknowledge who you are, own that and let it fly. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) And um, so if people wanted to find you or they wanted to actually um, go through your three step and learn about their money. How do they, how do they get to you? <laughs> yes. I would love to connect with people. Um, so I am at Amy W gets finance on Instagram. I'm Amy gets on LinkedIn. Our website is ircwealth.com. And so um, I'm happy to connect with anyone in all of those locations. I would love to have a conversation with anyone 
Um, it brings me great joy to connect and meet people and really, you know, obviously talking about money gets me all jazzed up. So, <laughs> so yeah, I would be happy for people to reach out and connect. And again, honestly, I feel like it's sometimes it's just great to have that conversation and make a connection. And, and maybe what I do isn't what you need right now, but you may know someone and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I always love to know um, more about people and just to share and, and take that time together. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for thank being you. on the podcast today and all your great information. I certainly learned a lot. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. What a blessing to be here. I so appreciate you. Yeah. So I have one last question before we complete. Yes. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Mm. I think it, we kind of touched on it, but I think it's being true to who you are. I think it's really owning all of the beautiful idiosyncrasies of, of, of you and just embracing that. And I think it's living life in gratitude. I think when you have an attitude of gratitude, when you're sort of living your life in a state of giving and acknowledging what you can do for others, and then your hands are open to receive. I feel like you have to give of your time and your talents um, and your wealth. And if you don't have your wealth yet, your time and your talents are still important. So I think it's living in gratitude and in a mode of giving, what can you do for others? What, how can you serve? And I think that will come back to you tenfold. So that's how I think you live your incredible life. <laughs> Thank you. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. We'll talk to you again soon, Amy. Okay. Bye. Thank you.